When I first began to walk with the Lord, I did not fully trust Him. How He longed for me to understand that I could. So through the dark valleys, He gently led me, afraid as I could be, till I felt His loving arms embracing me. I've been through enough to know He'll be
Thank you, Jimmy. Good morning. How are we doing today? Are you ready to hear the word of God? Amen. Let's open our Bible, please, to the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews. I'm glad to see your faces. Chapter 10, book of Hebrews, chapter 10. I want to read two verses first, verse 11. and 12, and then jump to 19. And every priest, this is what the Old Testament used to, all the people there and the priests in the Old Testament used to do, stands, every priest stands daily, ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But he, our Lord Jesus Christ, having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God. Verse 19, Since, therefore, the writer addressing those people uh, especially the Jews. Since therefore, brethren, we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us, let us draw near with sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us, again, hold fast our confession of the hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Amen. And another, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more, as you see, the day is drawing near. May God bless his word. That's his word, not mine. If I were to give a title to my message today, it's here. A new and living way. Well, 
a new way of life. How about that? Or a walk that glorifies God. The Lord returned to heaven and took his place as our advocate with the Father to undertake for us and intercede as he has been doing ever since he was received into glory. His cross can never be repeated. As he settled the sin question, as we read, perfectly, once and for all, and there on that cross, he took our place of judgment. In verses 19 through 21, Christ is entitling us to our priestly house to enter with boldness to the Holy of Holies, to the immediate presence of God. There is nothing that can stop us. We don't need anymore an intermediary. We don't need to pray to any person. We pray directly to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, God the Father. What a privilege we have now, since he, by his own body, paid the price and opened the gate for us. Can you believe that? What a beautiful way to have the redeemed meeting with the Redeemer. And we are linked together, not for now, but throughout eternity by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the question this morning, how can we sustain a consistent and a commitment to walk and honor what he has done for us? I'm, we are challenged today. We're challenged, and I hope it will be challenging and encouraging. And the only way to know is to look at what his word tells us. And we will find that God will answer us if we come to him humbly with clean hearts and honest requests. The very first thing I want to talk about is what the Bible says here. He said, since you've been redeemed, since we have access to the Holy of Holies, since we have such a great God, such a Savior, since we are enjoying this wonderful salvation, what do we need to do first? And here the writer to the Hebrew says, let us draw near. Let us draw near. What a privilege. What a privilege. We are asked to get nearer to God. This is the believer's 
blood-bought privilege. We have been asked through the Holy Spirit to get nearer to God. Imagine if you receive an invitation, a personal invitation, from, say, the governor. Whether you like the governor or not, you receive that invitation, okay? What a privilege when he says, I want you to play golf with me this afternoon. What would you do? Tell me, what would you do? How do you feel? How wonderful, beyond all words, that we are invited to the audience of the Creator who gave us everything to enjoy in this life. We're not, we're not invited to spend time with celebrities. We're not invited to spend time with so uh, a great golf, golf player to play golf. But we are invited to get nearer and to be with the sovereign of the universe and to spend our life with him. How would, how would you feel? And this is why he, he tells them, the writer to the Hebrews, let's draw nearer. How should we draw nearer? He said, okay, you're saying that. I need some help today. Are you ready? As Bill tells me, when I, when I go deeper into the word, you're meddling. So let's do some meddling today. Okay. Do you want that? Okay. We're going to do some meddling. He says, he tells them here, draw near very first thing with sincere heart. I want to talk about sincerity today. With sincerity, with a true heart, he tells them. With utmost sincerity, with respect and awe, let's draw near. Not with outward form of worship. Like the people of Israel of old. They drew near to God. They wanted. But they were religiously coming only a form outside. Not with their own hearts. We are a church. We're here. Let's draw near with a sincere heart. That's what he's saying. It's not being religious on the outside. Doing all the motions. God knows. But with a heart that is with awe, with respect. Come and kneel before him and ask God to speak to your heart and mine so we can always get nearer to his heart. David was found with all his flaws. God said about him, I found David the son of Jesse after my own heart. 
when he was here on earth, the Lord Jesus Christ, he told these people who were coming just in the form of religion. They were religious from the outside. They were doing all the motions. They were cleaning their hands and washing. They were worried about how they look on the outside with long robes and so on and so forth. And they spoke the right thing. But their hearts were not with him. They were not sincere in their worship or following. And this, you know what he said about them in Matthew 15, 8? This people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. And then he adds, the Lord, but in vain do they worship me, teaching as their doctrines the precepts of man. As we sit in our comfortable chairs, the Lord wants us to worship him, not with our lips, not, not with our outside motions, not the world, but he wants to worship him with our hearts. Sincerity. Are we sincere? About 30, 35 years ago, I was teaching the Bible study. We were in Bible study for a small church. And then we got on the word sincere. I looked it up, and then the best, the best uh, writer who described really what is sincerity was uh, Dr. Ironside, and he, he said of, uh, told us about one, one situation or one story about those merchants in Rome last century, early century, they were known, they were known in Italy to make uh, the porcelain. And porcelain is a, is, there was their trade, and people from all over the world used to come and purchase those beautiful vessels, utensils, whatever you have. And every now and then, one of the utensils gets broken. And that they will notice that it has like a hairline there uh, of a crack. And they used to have get some wax and put the wax in the crack and fix it, it will look like new. And no one would be able to detect, to detect the crack there. And some merchants knew about that. And some and people knew about what they do. And then when they came, some merchants, in order to sell more, they used to publicize and advertise, okay, is saying here, here, sine cera. That means, that means without, without wax. These little utensils, these little cups, these little plates, these, they are sine cera, sincere. That means without wax. Are there any cracks in our lives that we are putting some wax? And you know what, what used to happen? 
They used to take these, the buyers, and expose them to the sun, to the heat of the sun. And you know what happens with wax on the sun. Uh, the wax will, will completely melt, and then you will see the crack. May the Lord expose us to the heat of his love, to the sun of his face. May God help us to be sincere in everything. Uh, Sun-tested. Are you sun-tested? Are you that person? Are we? And when the heat comes, when the test comes in life, when we have problems in life, does God see some cracks there that were covered by wax? Wax does not last at all. May everyone be with us, sun-tested, and be sincere, and always, regardless of what we go through, regardless of what God allows in our lives, to continue to be sincere to him. This is the first point from drawing near to God. When he sees your sincerity, then the blessing starts coming and he starts using each and every one of us. And the other thing he says, let us, again, let us draw near with full assurance, full confidence. We come to our Lord with full assurance, relying on what? On his promises. Relying on him, knowing that we have a God who hears and answers our prayers. Do you have that assurance? Do you have that confidence? We are assured here to have full acceptance in his presence. And as his children, whatever we ask from him, whatever we ask from him, according to his will, he will do it. You know? The Apostle John wrote about this in John 5, 14 and 15, saying, and this is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked from him. When we approach God, when we say we pray, when you go to your room and ask him to listen to your prayers, do you have that full assurance that God is going to hear you and do whatever you ask from him? You have that life, that life that shines, that life that has no cracks, the, the, the sincere life that when you kneel before the Lord Jesus Christ, when you kneel before him and ask him to help or listen to your prayers, you have that assurance. You have that life that tells you, yes, I am going to help you. I'm going to answer your prayers. I am going to give you what you desire according 
to my own will and my own timing. Do you have that assurance? It's called assurance of faith. The third thing he says, let's approach him with a clear conscience. Oh, this is a big subject. This is really, may the Lord, may the Lord help us to understand it. A clear conscience can only be achieved through the new birth. A clear conscience can only be achieved through salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other way. Outside the Lord, conscience is not clear. And I hope you understand what I'm talking about. What used to bother you and keeps you awake is now after you get born again, after it becomes that, that conscience becomes a source of joy. What bothers you before becoming a true believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, when the Lord his blood cleanses you, as we heard this morning, sprinkled all over your life, all over your heart, when the blood. Afterwards, your conscience becomes so clear and you become aware of every word, every deed, everything you do, always to have a clear conscience in life. When Paul was defending himself before the Jewish council, he said, Brethren, I have lived my life with perfectly good conscience before God up to this day, up to this day. Someone said, the testimony, listen to this please, of a good conscience is worth more than a dozen character witnesses. Conscience, how is it? Is it clean? Is your conscience bothering you? When you are bothered, go to the Lord and ask him to clear things in your mind so your conscience can be clear. There's a young Christian boy at school, and after his teacher had given a, her English class a test, and as the teacher began to read off the correct answer, one of the boys, this is the boy we're talking about, changed an answer further down on the paper. He was cheating. This troubled him, as he thought the teacher might think he had changed the answer she had just given. He raised his hand and asked, what he should do about changing answers after the teacher started reading the correct ones. You know what she answered? Let your conscience be your guide. How many times we say that, huh? 
Let your conscience be your guide. Think about that. The teacher, the boy scratched his head and seemed so puzzled that the teacher asked him what the matter was. You know, what he said, my conscience can't make up its mind. <laughs> Thank God he was struggling. Do we have a problem that our conscience cannot make up its mind? You have a trouble with your conscience? You've done something, you try to justify it, but this is right. You said things that you shouldn't have said. How about taxes? It's coming tax time. Careful. How about your deals, your dealings at work? How about our college students and high school students? How about cheating? You be careful. The answer of this teacher was, she was smart. Let your conscience be your guide. Men, husbands, and wives, you be careful about how to treat your families, you treat your wife, you treat your husband. Let your conscience be your guide. Am I meddling yet? I have not. Christians, the only way to keep a clear conscience is to always live close to God. A, a French proverb, and this is translated, said, there is no pillow so soft as a clear conscience. How many times you tossed and turned on your bed, justifying what you have done during the day? Or saying things that were not true. And then why didn't you sleep? Get up. Correct it. Confess it to the Lord. And have a clear conscience. This is what Paul is telling them. Uh, assurance of faith. Having a clear conscience from evil and our bodies washed with pure water. In other words, with the word of God. A clear conscience, you have a clean body, a clean life, a clean mind, a clean relationship. And I tell you one thing, I thought, if this conscience was from the outside, how would we look? Let's watch as Christians, and may God help us. And then he tells them, my last word, he tells them also that we should love. He is encouraged them to love more. You remember our studies in the in Thessalonians? They were a loving church. They were they were known not to love the church only, not to love the people they are with, but to love each and every one. And, and, the, and the Apostle Paul encouraged them. He says, I want you to stimulate each other and love each other 
and do good deeds. Honest love brings good deeds. And this church is known that we love each other, and thank God, and we love the Lord. But the Holy Spirit is saying, I want you to love more. I want you to do more. I will encourage you to do more. And someone said, love is the root, but good words, and, but good saying, good works is a fruit. Thank God that we have the word of God to go by. Thank God we have directions to walk by, to walk in full assurance with a clear conscience and to love. James, James Lowell once wrote, they who love are but one step from heaven. Love each other and oh, oh, there's one more. Love your enemies. Is it in the Bible? Yes, it is. Love your enemies. Who can forget 1 Corinthians 13. I mean, if you ask someone, do you know the chapter of love? Yeah, 1 Corinthians 13. At the end, what does it say? Love never fails. Love never fails. Let us love each other. Let us stimulate more and more. And someone said, well, I want to give you these words an example to apply love to your life. And I will end with this. Love is show to respect, slow to respect, sorry, slow to respect and quick and trust. Slow to respect and quick to trust. That's love. Love is slow to condemn and quick to justify. Love is slow to offend, quick to defend. Love is slow to expose and quick to shield. Love is slow to reprimand and quick to forbear. Love is slow to belittle and quick to appreciate. Slow to demand and quick to give. Slow to provoke and quick to help. Slow to resent and quick to forgive. Let's get closer. That's what he's telling them. I am asking. This is the, a new way and a living way for each and every one. We're still early in the year. We want to be effective. We want to be the real Christians that God wants us to be. Not a facade. Not say, I, I love you, love from the heart. Three things. Let's draw near to God with sincerity, with the assurance of faith, with a clear conscience, and with love 
that would never fail. Can we do that? We are challenged. We're challenged to do it. And let us do it. And let us keep growing and stimulate each other to attend church, to listen to the word, to get nearer to God. And God will bless you and bless each and every one. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Our Father, we are thankful that we have an access to our Lord and Jesus Christ, to the throne of God. We need, we need no one to be an intermediary for us. We go straight forward, and we thank you this morning for the call to get nearer to you. Help us, Lord, to follow your word, not my words, to apply it to our hearts, to live a life that will honor you and bring glory to your name, to have a clear conscience, to love and to live, knowing that our prayers, if we have a clean life, will be answered. Bless this congregation, those who are not saved, we pray for them today that you will touch their hearts and change their lives so they can live according to your word. Those who are traveling, those who are sick, we pray for them, Lord, and pray that you will be with them and bring them back soon to us safely. Continue your blessings upon each and every family and dismiss us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The meeting is over. Thank you for coming, and may God bless you all.